Okay, so we're gonna be recording here in three, two, one. Hello again, welcome back to Talking Smack, talking superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. Except this week, we're not really talking about any of that. We're talking the weekend box office smash hit, Ferdinand. No, we're talking Star Wars, of course. And I am your host, Josh Scar. With me this week, we have multiple people. We have Alex Lasden. Alex, welcome again. Hello, hello. And Derek, welcome again. Hello. Derek Z, I should say. I gave Alex a last name, so you should have a last name as well. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> and before we get into anything, I did want to make a quick retraction from the episode last week. I said that uh, Kelly Marie Tran's name was Rosemary Tran. I got her Star Wars character, Rose Tico, mm-hmm. mixed with her name. But that's largely because Rose is such a weird and not very Star Wars name. Not really. Like, no, I, not, not all that much. For a galaxy far, far away, Rose is a very boring name. Now, I do want to say I respect you for um, offering a retraction here on the show when you could have just gone back, edited this show, pretend nothing happened, and moved on with our lives. I'm super tempted to do that, but I'm also super lazy, and I did not want to do that much editing. So honesty keeps, uh, laziness keeps you honest. That's a good, that's a good policy for life. So Star Wars The Last Jedi, we're diving right into this, and uh, full full spoilers in it. Yes. If you haven't seen this movie, do not listen to this podcast yet. Come back after you've seen the movie. For the love of the Force, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get into some numbers really quick. It, the, the Last Jedi opened at $45 million on Thursday viewings, which lumped into their Friday viewings, which totaled at $104 million. Uh, you could round that up to 105. It was like 104.787 million, and the estimated weekend total is 220 million, which makes it the second highest opening weekend, right behind The Force Awakens, which opened at about 248 million dollars. Is actually a little less, but it's like 247.9. So I'm rounding up, and I just wasted 10 seconds of your life with that. So, the the last Jedi. I keep wanting to say The Force Awakens. <laughs> The Last Jedi. The main. I was actually really impressed with the the opening crawl because that filled in a couple of gaps. Yep. One, it filled in the fact that apparently the rebellion is on its knees, like it is, like almost on its deathbed at this point, because there's only a few, maybe hundred, maybe a few thousand that are left, and the opening crawl fills a lot of that in. So we get some backstory that we didn't necessarily get with The Force Awakens right away. Because The Force Awakens just opens with, Luke Skywalker's missing. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what happened in the other 30 years? So I, right. I, even though this is only a matter of hours, maybe a matter of days, as far as w- the, the difference, uh, I did appreciate that opening crawl. which Because we, we all assumed that the first thing we were going to see is Rey walking up to Luke. Because they said it's going to pick up immediately where The Force Awakens left off. So everyone was just wondering, what's the crawl going to say? Right. And again, it, it actually filled in some gaps and it, it set up the movie nicely. Uh, the main story of he, of this movie is failure. That that's the main theme that I, we you can take out of this is <clears throat> the resistance is in shambles. The first order is hunting them down to finally just put out the rebellion and the republic once and for all. And that's where the movie picks up. Is we we open on. Poe giving a crank call to, uh, was it Grand Admiral Hux or is it just Admiral Hux? I thought it was General I, Hux. General, that's General Hux. It's General Hux. Hux. Yeah. Yep. Armitage Hux. <laughs> that's actually his name? Yep. Armitage, yes. Derek brought a reference yep. guide in the uh, the Star War, the Art of Star Wars book. Okay. Still a jerk. Quick question about him. At one point he says, my army, are they renting the army from him? 
Because when he's like, what are you going to do with my army? I'm no. like, are they... Is he a freelancer? Well, no, he just... He he wants to be like the head honcho of the First Order. Okay. That, that's what he wants. So he already sees everything in the First Order as his. Oh, okay. And, and Kylo Ren is kind of... He's not affiliated with the military. He's He is freelance. He, he does not have any say or power over the stormtroopers or anything. So General Hux is the highest point of I mean, the First Order's they army. really only listen to him because they know that he could just kill them all if he wanted to, pretty much. Pretty much. And because, <laughs> and because Snoke has said, you know, this is my right-hand man. Yep. Hux is the general of the military, but Kylo Ren is my guy. Right. So because you have the Supreme Leader of the First Order kind of singling out Kylo Ren, you you assume so much, but at the same time, so it's a the, the, the actual, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The actual yep. hierarchy would say that Hux is the next guy. So Poe's given this prank call, which I thought it was very funny. It kind of felt out of place to, to begin with. Because, again, we've never known that Star Wars has hold lines. <laughs> I'll hold. You know, it's it kind of weird. But it was it was a really fun moment, and it kind of set up a lot of the humor that came on throughout the movie. Uh, I like that Hux is... I think he was calling him Hugs as well. He was well. calling him Hugs. Yep. Yeah. And, and then yeah. he kept pronouncing Hugs, yep. and he's like, yes, I'm waiting for Hugs. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if that was just... Uh, Poe's way of, you know, mispronouncing his name intentionally, or if that's the way he just pronounced his name. I've also heard it pronounced almost like H O O K S, hooks. I think that depends on accents, because Star well, Wars is known for accents. Don't forget, there's that supercut of what? How do you pronounce Han Solo with Han 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 Han? Which I think was fantastic. I love that. Well, you also have the same thing with the Millennium Falcon. I mean, uh, Harrison Ford himself changes it from Falcon to Falcon every now and then. Yeah. True. Or, you know, and then the Emperor calls it the Aluminum Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell's an Aluminum Falcon? (laughs) Bunch of teenagers destroy the Death Star. Build another one. (laughs) He's going to give me a load. Get your 10-ton asthmatic ass back here. (laughs) I got it. I love those robot chicken specials. So the way we're, we're breaking this movie down is uh, we can't really go chronologically. There's, this movie bounces back and forth almost it does. Every, there, every five minutes. There's a lot that is like happening at the same time. Yeah, this movie pretty much happens all within the span of a day or two. I think they say at one point that there's about 19 hours of fuel reserve. 18. So everything happens within that 19 or 18 hours, um, which leads to some plot holes. But you can also justify that with science and say that... Like Octo has different uh, day spans. Well, like actually, have- like in my opinion, I feel like a lot of what occurred on Octo, um, like happened, like right when or before we even got to the point where the um, Resistance fleet was stranded. Okay, interesting. What's um, Octo? No, seriously. Octo is the planet that Luke is on. Okay, yes. I, I just call it Port Island. So, <laughs> okay, no, no, seriously, because there was like, there's, um, yes. there's Las Vegas, there's... Um, Which is uh, Canto Bite? Yeah. Canto Bait? Canto Bite? Canto Bite is on the planet called Cantonica. Okay, so... Oh, I thought Canto Bite was the actual planet. No, Canto Bite is, is, is a city that was um, basically like built on a desert world of Cantonica. Okay, well, we're getting off topic here. So the way we're, we're doing this... Is it this, Cantobite or Cenobite? Because those are very different things. Cantobite <laughs> is, the, is the city or the casino, whatever. So the way we're doing this is we're going to take like the main characters and we're going to just break down their stories, how we felt okay. about them, uh, what happened within their stories. We're going to do that sort of thing. So we're going to start with Pose because I feel like Pose is short enough 
but impactful enough that it uh, it warrants getting the first thing to talk about. Yes. So we have Poe uh, after he's done prank calling Hux, yeah. and he he goes and he takes out like the entire. Uh, Armaments of the, the dreadnought is that the the big it's, one? It's it's the dreadnought, and he's just he's basically taking out like the anti aircraft guns. Yeah, he's taking out the, the top side gun so that they can do a bombing run to take it out right uh, permanently, not just run away, but to permanently. Uh, but they've also just they haven't discovered this yet. We'll get into that later. Um, so Poe decides that after he takes out almost all of them, Leia tells him to pull back, and he just says, "We have a chance to take out the dreadnought." We're gonna do it, and he yeah. he takes out the top gunner, and then they end up losing like half of their their bombing fleet. All uh, but one. <clears throat> no way, all of they them. lose all of them. The, the one them, succeeds yeah. in taking right. out the dreadnought, and yes. the the one that succeeds also has Rose's sister on it, which again we'll get into when we talk about Finn and Rose next. Uh, but Poe's story is essentially that of Leia kind of mentoring him through the School of Hard Knocks to become the next Leia, essentially, from what I was gathering. Well, she. Like her, one of her main goals was to prepare like this next generation because she knows that she can't, she's not going to be around forever. That they they need to be prepared um, to continue on. Yeah, and this this ties into uh, something I do want to talk about a little bit later with Laura Dern's character, uh, Vice Admiral Holdo, which her name I don't know if either of you are really familiar with Homestar Runner, but there's a game called. Um, Peasant's Quest, where you have to meet up with a couple of brothers who say hello by saying hello, and I couldn't stop thinking about that. So, <laughs> anyone out there who likes Homestar Runner, at me with that. Uh, so, a Vice Admiral Holdo, uh, played by Laura Dern, has this evacuation plan where Poe has this uh, escape plan, which are very different. They're they're subtle but different, and Poe wants to take out a um, a beacon that the the first order has developed, where you can they can track ships through light speed. Yep, and hyperspace. Uh, hyperspace. Yes. And same difference. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> and so Poe sends out Finn and Rose to to go on a, a mission to try and take out this this tracker before the first order can realize that it's gone, and they can because apparently it can be transferred from ship to ship or activated from ship to ship. Uh, so Poe has to basically create a mutiny to try and give uh, Rose and Finn time. And it doesn't necessarily work out the way you would think in a Star Wars movie, because again, the the whole theme of this movie is failure and learning from those failures to grow. And uh, when he gets back on the bridge, Leia demotes him. And uh, she, there's, there's a, oh my God, you guys aren't even helping me with this. I'm trying to remember all this stuff from, from one viewing from three days ago. Uh, well, I mean, it's I I would say it's important to note that, um, like at, at this point in time, after Poe has failed, after he's been demoted by Leia. So um, the, the the quick point of reference: the demotion happened because she because he ignored her order to pull back and got all the bombers destroyed. Yes, right. Right. Which, even all though this he, was happening, even though when, succeed, eventually eventually succeeded in the mission of destroying the dreadnought but the, the question becomes at what cost this right. was all while they were trying to evacuate their base on dakar um which is like just a matter of probably hours if not days of destroying star killer base right. um and then the dreadnought before they're able to destroy it destroys their base and then that's what causes them to flee um with the whole first order fleet basically in pursuit of them 
Um, because these are the last remnants of yes, the Resistance. There, there's dozens of First Order uh, Star Destroyers after them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they drop out of hyperspace um, just because they are running out of fuel and they were going to make one last jump um, when they realize that they're they being tracked. tracked. Yep, and that's when we see all of the uh, Star Destroyers drop out. And then this plan, this escape plan by Poe is devised, as well as we learn about um, Admiral Holdo's Holdo. yes, uh, plan as well, at least which, bits and pieces of it. Which her plan is to get as close to the planet Crate as possible and jettison all of the escape pods with the remnants of the, the Resistance in it so that they can send a distress call out. And hopefully the First Order will only, won't focus on that because they've got... A good bit of distance, which I, I thought that was actually kind of cool, was that they showed that the the cannons and the shields can actually hold up for an indefinite amount of time because of a, a distance and a range. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. And we also saw for the first time like the actual shields of a Star Wars uh, like frigate. You know, the, we actually yeah. saw the shields kind Their of capital ship, the Radis. Yeah. Um and it like which if you read the visual dictionary, it does tell you that uh, it does have reinforced shielding, especially on the aft, I believe it would be called. The rear um, and the yeah. ship. <laughs> yep. And it, I mean, that's what helps them is between the distance, because they know that the, um, like the cannons, like the laser fire, whatever, um, it, it can't penetrate the shields at that distance. So they're trying to keep, keep they're that, trying to keep that going distance as long as they can. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a very, that's a very cool storyline. And um, again, the, the theme of it all kind of blends together because again they they fail to meet make it to a certain point and they they have to kind of well we'll get into it later i'm i'm getting jumping ahead so poe what what did we think of poe's story within this movie uh, we'll let you guys go first um i mean i think i think it gives it a little bit more character development because i feel like in the force awakens all we really got to see is like oh it's poe hey he's good looking hey he's an awesome pilot and that's all we and then he disappears for about half the movie no yeah yep so i think it's kind of nice to get a, to get to know a little bit more about him um because i just feel like he definitely needed that character development well originally his character was planned to just die in the the tie fighter crash but um Oscar Isaac, the, the actor that plays Poe, he just kind of said, would it be cool if I didn't die? And they're like, sure. So they, well, they okay, needed then. a new Han Solo, so they decided let's use Oscar Isaac, and you know, it's working out okay. Alex, what did you think of Poe's story? I absolutely hated every part of it. Mostly because <laughs> every single death is his fault. The entire bombing run, betraying Leia's orders, every bomber that died was his direct fault. They destroyed a dreadnought that turned out to be useless because they're being tracked through hyperspace. And because of that bombing run and Leia waiting for them to get back from the bombing run, a bunch of the ships were destroyed. And then he leads this, he comes up with this plan because he doesn't like um, Ellie Sattler's plan. Laura Dern's. I, Haldo. I, Haldo, thank you. She, in the Haldo's plan, he doesn't like it, so he betrays her while Leia's incapacitated. He decides to betray her, send these people off. They ultimately fail. And because they fail, the person who ends up betraying them to make them fail overhears the actual plan and then what became like 500 people is now like 15 people and it's literally all tied to Poe's plans Poe's inability to take any direction or be listened to anybody or do anything that he's being told 
and he escapes this with no consequences at all. Well, but yes, Leia, Leia, Leia demoted him. But that was before Hulk, any of that. Well, after the bombing run. I'm they saying it was before him. any more deaths right. happened. Leia demoted him, and then he still kept calling himself commander, and she's like, aren't you captain? Didn't Leia demote you? And he's like, yeah, whatever. Then he betrays her, literally leads a mutiny, gets ends up having everybody killed but these like 15 people in this base. And the end of the movie, he's hugging everybody, high-fiving, hey, we're escaping, there's 15 of us left. I'm like, there's no consequences to your character at all. You literally got tens of... Well, tens of dozens of ships dead and thousands of people dead. And it's all like, hey, he and Ray are making fucking eyes with each other. Nice oh meeting you. Nice meeting you. Yeah. It's okay that everybody's dead because of me, but don't worry. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, not that, not that Haldo needed to tell him, but to be fair, if Haldo had just made her plans known that they were trying to just get as close to Crate as possible, yeah. Poe wouldn't have done any of that because he would have been like, oh, I see what you're trying to do. But because she didn't make those plans known, he just assumes that she's just trying to basically hold out as long as possible and hope for a miracle. That And he asked her. But here's the thing. The, the commander of the army doesn't always tell some random captain everything that they're doing. He's, he's literally a that, nobody on there because he's been demoted to a captain. And that's what I'm saying. It's not necessarily yeah. her fault. But again, she sees this guy who is very gung-ho and wants to just save everybody, she should be like, hey, I'm, I have a plan. Right. Although but, not dramatically right. as satisfying as what they had in the movie, it it would make sense. You'd just be like, hey, dude, knock it off. I am your commanding officer. I have a plan. Right, but at the exact same time, he already had judged her and was going to ignore her anyway. That whole, like, oh, that's General Holder doesn't look anything like I expected him to or something like that. And it's like, he already doesn't respect what she's going to do, so he already is second-guessing her before he even hears that there's, that she is not going to tell him what's going on. So I just, I, I really would like to see the next movie actually have consequences, because I was sitting around thinking about it yesterday, and I'm like, what was Poe's story? And I'm like, what the hell? Literally every step of the line is, he calls his death, he calls his death, he calls his death. And, it's, and then... And then he saves everyone when they do the run on crate. Because he tells him to pull back because he realizes it's a useless yeah. gesture. Well, he's, the learning last three from his, he's learning from his failures, which again is the theme of this movie. <laughs> Granted, he saves two people, twelve people compared to well, no, I guess like three or four of them got blown up by the new adats. Uh, yeah. But I mean, he saves like nine people because of this. <laughs> Although Finn tried to not let him save him. Yeah. But I, I, I like Poe's story, uh, and I don't think there can be any consequences just because of how desperate they're going to be for leadership at this point. Yeah, I think Leia's going to give him a good smack. There's not very many people left. Yeah, Leia's going to give him a good, like, flogging I mean, or something. Leia is almost essentially, like, one of the only actual commanders and generals left in the whole resistance. Yeah. So I, I don't think they can afford that. I think maybe he has a tighter leash with Leia for a while, but among other things, which we'll get into at the end... We don't know what kind of time jump is going to happen. We, we obviously won't know what kind of uh, follow-up they're going to have with, with Poe, although the movie did kind of present the idea that he won't have any consequences because happy ending. Yeah. Um, and I mean, honestly, just because of how... Like, they, they even said, too, that they have the resistance on a string, the First Order does. Yeah. So, I mean, chances are, like, regardless of what decisions were made between Holdo and Poe, 
a lot of these people were probably going to die in some way anyways, just because the resistance had them right where they wanted them to be. I mean, they could prolong that death as long as they wanted to, but I mean, it it was, they were just delaying the inevitable. Yeah, it's just, I would rather them delay the inevitable than literally one person getting away scot-free with murdering a bunch of people. It just... Well, it, he didn't... He didn't murder them. He just led them to their death. <laughs> I believe that the uh, the Warsaw Papers <laughs> said said that doesn't count <laughs> as an excuse. <laughs> the Warsaw Papers don't exist in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> so while we're on the subject uh, with with uh, Vice Admiral Holdo, just because there's no point in coming back to it since we've been talking about her so much, let's talk about the arguably the best shot of the entire movie, the way she saves the. The remnants of the rebellion or the the resistance uh she turns the the main ship the around the radis around and she hits the light speed and just blows through the was it no it was snoke's ship it wasn't yep. the dreadnought it was yeah so what it was is it was first order star destroyers and then it was the supremacy, the supremacy which is yes. a mega class star destroyer the only one of its kind and to, so to save ship, right Yes. Okay. Right. Yep. To save the the resistance, she she sacrifices herself by going light speed through these ships, and that shot is amazing. Yeah. That our entire Derek and I saw this movie together on, on Thursday, and our entire theater was just silent. Yep. Ever like I think that where there Lewis, were gas. Uh, Lewis was next to me. Lewis just went, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Like that was. Yeah. He he like grunted that out. Yeah. And it was just oh, it was yeah. it was an amazing shot, and it was. It wasn't very Star Warsy, but it didn't have to be like that. But from like a special effects or like even just like a graphics like end a visual of things, yeah like visual effects it I mean it was beautiful yeah like that that could be a painting you know yeah it was a great shot it was just she basically turned the ship into a rail gun and just blasted yeah. it. well I mean out. it was already but, running on fumes yeah. so I mean it 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 didn't even actually make a jump it just made a partial jump through. The ships. Yeah, yeah, and then um, it took out like with three or four ships around it too because there were a bunch of exploding star destroyers yep. around it. Which yeah, just, she just she was able cool. to clip like th- like three or four star destroyers and then completely sever Away. like the the whole like right wing of the supremacy. That's a damn cool shot. Yeah, that, that was an amazing shot, and uh, that wasn't something I was expecting. Like I, I, I once she turned it around, I was like, oh, she's gonna do what they did in Rogue One, just kind of like suicide bomb into one of them no it was way better and it, and it it played into like allowing both what was left of the um the resistance like the resistance like fleet like which is essentially just a few different um Escape like transport like transport like uh, ships that had just few personnel and then at the same time um we have finn and rose who are on the supremacy trying to finish what was Poe's plan, um, and then they're about to be executed by like Phasma and the stormtroopers and Hux. Which we're uh, when Holdo when like runs into the supremacy. When we talk about uh, Finn and Rose's storyline next, I want to talk about those stupid axe things that the the stormtroopers had. Those make no sense to me, but we'll get into that in a second. So Alex hated it. Derek liked it. I liked it. Alex is outvoted. It's good. <laughs> I'm glad this is a win for murder. <laughs> so moving on, we're talking Finn and Rose's story. Uh, Finn wakes up in a portable back to suit, which uh, 
leads to one of the funnier lines in the the movie where BB-8 is telling Poe that you know Finn's awake and he's leaking out of a back to suit and he's just like Finn awake leaking what and it is is a nice little moment and then a kind of disoriented Finn is just wandering around leaking back to juice like, everywhere. what the hell is going on right now and uh he he finds out that Ray is no longer on the ship that she's on Octo with Luke and uh, his jacket has been mended. It's very important to mention that, <laughs> <laughs> which actually is kind of cool because I guess uh, in the either in the visual guide or somewhere in uh, some extra uh, materials, it, it states that the jacket was actually mended by Poe. Yeah, and you can see like little staples or something in there, kind of holding everything together. That's I never cool. saw a good shot of the back of it, um, but I don't think I actually saw any kind of mendings there, like the, what they had on the shoulder where Kylo Ren actually put the, the lightsaber to his shoulder. Yeah. But you can yeah, see there it there are, on the visual There are in, in, the, in his shoulder. Yep. It looks so, like little metal staples. And you also got a nice shot of the, the portable back to juice there. Yep. So uh, Finn is trying to escape the, the Rattus so he can... He, uh, Leia has a beacon and she is becoming incapacitated. So Finn takes the beacon and is going to just jump ship so that Rey can get to the beacon safely. Because if obviously if the beacon's destroyed, she can't find her way back. Or, you know, maybe the First Order finds it and lures her into a trap. So he wants to save her because that's Finn's number one motivation through The Force Awakens. And he ends up meeting Rose as she's pout, not I shouldn't say pouting. She's mourning the loss of her sister who is on the bomber that successfully took out the Dreadnought. So Rose initially is just in awe of this stormtrooper who joined the resistance and is just, oh, my sister and I loved you. We, we heard all these stories about you. And she finds that Finn's actually trying to jump ship and he's trying to yep. justify his actions. And she ends up stunning him. And that's kind of yep. where their friendship kicks off on a very nice note. So before we get into anything else, we're just going to, again, we're going to go into, did you like the story? Derek? I I like the introduction of uh, Rose's character or of Rose the character. Um, I, I think it was nice to have like someone else who Finn could kind of connect with um, and have a bit more dialogue with besides like just Ray. And what did you think of like their actual story though, going to the casino planet of uh, Cantobite and uh, jumping onto the the supremacy to try and take out that hyperspace tracking technology. Um, I don't think it was like the most interesting part of everything that occurred in the movie. Um, but I think it was a nice little like break necessary, I guess you could say during the different action sequences and different plot lines that were occurring. Alex. I don't know. It was just, it was just kind of there in, somewhat pointless because i mean it was interesting seeing a new planet but then they didn't really linger on any of the new creatures or anything because they're kind of there they run around bba gets filled with um with coins which was hysterical to hear him whirling and jingling with coins that was yep. awesome <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't i, I didn't I, I i understood they were that part of that part of the um casino scene was supposed to be the cantina style of like look at all these cool aliens but they didn't really didn't linger on anything i was able to really capture like oh these guys are interesting and instead they just run into another human named um uh benicio de toro which was dj yeah, DJ, G, yeah. another non-star wars name but it was like 
Okay, I would have been more interested if like you, if they had been if he had been more of a practical effects creature or something because they're you know that's what they spend their money on, which I really appreciate. But it didn't really do much for me. It was just I, I found Rose's character kind of interesting because she tells Finn at one point that like, are you trying to escape because I've already stunned like three people trying to abandon ship? This is not how this goes, kind of thing, which I really liked. Um, I liked that this little medallion thing her sister had one half, she has the other. I like that she just willingly just chucks it to him when DJ demands payment. She's like, yeah, sure, whatever, here you go. We're doing this for the re uh, for the rebellion kind of thing. I liked her character. I'm not sure I liked quite where they ended with her character because that was a little... When you get into... That the, was a little forced. When, yeah. No when pun you, intended. When you get into the fact that this is a very Empire Strikes Back storyline, which is where it like is like weeks like uh, what appears to be weeks for one person but is like 20 minutes for somebody else that they keep mentioning we have 18 hours we have six hours we have two hours we're out of fuel then it kind of seems like poe and um i'm not poe finn and rose knew each other for 18 hours and then she starts trying to make out with him <laughs> well she thinks she's dying well i know that but you know it's just it's still kind of like but she and professes it's a, it's a, no, it's a parallel she, to it's a parallel to Ray and Finn as well. Well, I know, but she she literally says, "I love you." Well, she doesn't. Say, she says, "I things we love." Yeah, I'm, I you embrace the things you love, and she like kisses him and passes out. And I'm like, little clingy. <laughs> She's a little Lolita. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I like her character, and I but I was just disappointed with that we didn't get an epic moment with them on that um, Cantina Island with seeing some interesting aliens and creatures and it making it feel more than just a token Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah I... First of all, I thought that there would be a pod racing scene in that moment. Because when they saw you, the track, you heard like the boom. You yeah. heard, heard a boom. And that's like, is that... And she's like all excited about it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be pod racing. And that's then, what I was thinking and that too. I was yeah. so hoping. Some yeah. weird horse racing thing. Five years. Yeah, whatever. They're horses. Um. <laughs> well, they kind of look like um, they're weird horse cats. They so. kind of look like what is it, the Last Guardian, like the with longer necks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. a the ears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. That 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 whole plot on Canto Bite was really forced for me because they the whole point was to get arrested, to meet DJ, and then break out, and also give the ring to the kid at the end. Um, the the subplot or the the message of animal cruelty, while poignant, felt extraordinarily forced, and it kind of turned me off to that that storyline. But I've seen a lot of people online talk about how their subplot is absolutely pointless. Again, that's that's kind of the point of the entire movie is failure. They're there for a mission. They want to go find this guy with the the red lapel, uh, who is a master code breaker, and they can't get to him. They fail. They end up in jail. Oh, they find they coincidentally find someone who is just as good at breaking those codes, and <clears throat> he helps them get onto the, the the supremacy. And he ends up betraying them. He pulls an anti Lando, where he he betrays them and doesn't turn back to good. Uh, I I like their story. I don't think it was pointless because again, the whole point was to essentially set up the Finn and Phasma fight that we didn't get in The Force Awakens. Yeah. And it also set up the whole, you know, they were trying to to succeed in something and they failed. Well, also, I mean, the on Canto Bite, it it was also to kind of open Finn's eyes a bit more cuz he 
he was enamored with all like the opulence and luxury mm-hmm. that was there. Um, cause like, say a lot of like the trees and all of like the, um, decorations and everything, they actually grew all of that from, uh, like a private seed bank from Alderaan. Like yeah, I heard that. about that. The, yeah. the, they had trees inside the, the, the casino and they, the trees were actually like Alderanian. Yep. And then they, like some of the dialogue they had with DJ, which by the way means don't join. That's his nickname. Um, was to yeah was to like like open their eyes like see like all these people they're they're just war profiteering they're like they're selling like ships and armaments to both sides they don't care all they want is their money and it's like to like to open like finn's eyes because because rose kind of like already knows maybe she didn't realize that they were also selling like the same person is selling stuff to resistance and the first order maybe she only thought it was just the first order um but i mean he did kind of like show him like like everyone is there just out for themselves and for their money they don't they don't care it, it like in terms of what happens to both sides it's meaningless to them yeah and you guys yeah. yeah no i didn't actually that's I mean, because I, 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 when I try to like think of their story, I'm trying to think of an iconic moment, and I keep thinking of BB-8 moments, because he travels with them for this part of the journey. But I really actually did like the part where um, B, uh, DJ is on the ship at the, that he that he stole with BB-8, that and when they're leaving, and he starts going through the records of like, oh, let's see what kind of person this was, and it's like, oh yeah, selling ammunition, selling munitions to the. Selling resistance uh, to the Empire, First Re- Order, whatever. Yep. And then he's like, oh, look at that. He was also selling to the Rebellion. I really like that part because, yeah, they got to get their ships from somewhere. And yep. the same person could be like, and here's a Star Destroyer for you, and here's an X-Wing. And here's <laughs> yeah, and Actually, yep. I like that. And, that, and Poe's look was kind of, well, not Poe, sorry. Finn's look was kind of pissed off. Like, what are yeah. you talking about? Of course we wouldn't be buying from third parties. <laughs> I actually like that. Yeah, that, that was a, a really important plot point. It, one, it's relevant to the real world, and it also kind of shows you the different side of the Star Wars universe. Like, we're all focused on the the First Order, the the Empire versus the Rebellion, the Resistance. Good versus bad. And then there's that middle ground of just, like, whores, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, people who are just making money off of everyone else's misery. So it's it's a very poignant point and it's very topical as well, but it also fits within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So the last thing we're going to talk about in this story, in this part of the story, is the the Battle of Crate. Finn's ready to sacrifice himself, and <clears throat> Rose plows into him to try and save him, and or she does save him, and she basically is almost mortally wounded by by her actions, and she professes her love this moment made me almost cringe not just necessarily because of the fact that she's professing love to someone she's met within the last 24 hours which is very disney princess uh she i, I was just really nervous that he was going to start going rose 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 and i was going to be like oh god that's titanic <laughs> that would have been awesome <laughs> especially you know she just kind of whispers jack <laughs> I, I don't know I just, I thought it was an okay little bit of a distraction but it's not it's not really what grabbed my attention or why mm. I really paid attention to um like throughout the movie yeah, I was just kind of hoping for something from them that I would actually find kind of memorable 
I mean, other than the fact that I liked her character. I have, here's the thing that kind of annoyed me. Um, I thought she... Uh, okay, maybe, maybe this, this might be my personal I thought it was a missed opportunity because I thought when she was like playing with the, the, the medallion stuff, I thought that was her lover on the ship. I didn't realize it was her sister. And then she oh. turns out to be, oh, it's my sister, and then she falls in love with the next available guy. I'm like... I was like, I was kind of annoyed by that a little bit because I was like, oh man, oh that sucks. She lost her love and the thing, and, and then it turns out, oh, it's my sister. Which I was like, okay, but then she falls in love with this guy. I'm like, oh, hmm. Uh, well, if you're looking for extra representation, apparently Vice Admiral Holdo is a lesbian in the Star Wars universe. So, and they really showed that with not a <laughs> it, freaking it's, scene. It's prevalent <laughs> in the uh, the Leia book, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. It fills in the backstory because I guess she's in there as well. Is that what that handhold moment between them is supposed to allude to, or something? It, it, yeah, it's supposed to allude to a history with them where it's like they, okay. they've known each other for years, oh. even though she's just now been introduced. Actually, yeah. I, I did read a little bit. They've known each other since uh, Holdo was a teenager because they uh, mm. they both were together like in some sort of academy or training program when they were senators with the Imperial Senate. Oh, that's kind of cool. Hmm. So transitioning Holdo to Leia, we're going to talk about Leia's story briefly because it's a very brief story. Yeah. Uh, basically, she's General Leia for about five minutes and then she gets sucked out of a... Of, uh, into the vacuum of space through an explosion not caused by Kylo Ren but Which, through another TIE fighter yeah it, it was an, I think it was an important moment um, just because like they're trying to run from the fleet and then the Star Destroyers send out their uh, squadrons of TIE fighters and then Kylo goes out personally um, after getting then, badmouthed by Snoke Snoke like yeah, pokes yeah, the he's, bear he's pissed off yeah he's on one of his little tantrums wait um, this battle is the one after their jump right like they first jump and then yeah, they get trapped again yep yeah right. and then the like straight. you can see like he has his his sights right on like the um, the bridge the bridge of the ship because they like force sense each other right? yeah because they, they they can tell I mean it's 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 mother and son, and then they're both force users. But it, like he he goes to put his hand on on the trigger, but he he just can't bring himself to do it. He was able to do it for his father, but he just couldn't couldn't bring himself to do it. But uh, one of his other wingmen uh, didn't have have those reservations <laughs> at all. Yeah, so Leia gets sucked out into the vacuum of space, which immediately I'm just like, oh, I thought they said Episode Nine was supposed to be Leia's movie, but they killed her off. And then they just kind of, and also a very important note: Admiral Akbar dies in this scene as well. Yeah, that pissed me off. <laughs> Supposedly, he says it's a trap, it's a trap or something. I, I don't didn't know. Hear it it was his last. It was his last trap. Sad panda. Uh, no, I didn't. I was listening. I was like, oh, hey, it's a. Uh, that's got to be Akbar, or one of the others. I don't. I didn't hear him say it's a trap. I'm gonna have to rewatch and listen to that. Yeah. So she Supposedly. gets sucked out in the vacuum space, and I'm, I'm assuming she's like, oh. That's kind of weird. And then she uses the force to bring herself back onto the bridge, and they open the the door and bring her back in. So I mean, she's she's incapacitated. She's in some kind of coma because obviously being stuck on the vacuum of space for even a matter of moments is gonna with an explosion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think it's a very it's the first time we see her physically yes. use the force, not just precisely thing. Precisely. Yeah. It's I. I think it was long overdue because we've always seen Luke go about and do all his stuff as a Jedi and Jedi Knight and Jedi Master, um, but we we'd never actually seen Leia do anything more than just being able to feel something through the Force. 
And uh, basically what I got out of Leia's story is she's she's mentoring Poe to kind of replace her. Uh, that's the only thing I could come up with out of her stories because she's incapacitated up until the point where they're getting ready to evacuate to Crate. And then she is basically just sitting in a room like, oh, well, we're, we're stuck in Helm's Deep and waiting to die. Yeah. So I think she, her her whole arc was basically just trying to get Poe to see the bigger picture and get him ready to be a leader, not just I mean, a hero. Well, he's like a key character. I mean, it's not just him though. I mean, it's this. It's the whole like next generation. All of these resistance fighters who are vastly younger than her. Like she knows she has to do everything she can because she's not going to be around forever to do so. Yeah. So she. So her getting sucked in space for a little while ends up with uh, Holdo taking over for a while. Correct. And then after Poe's plan completely fails, she wakes back up, storms in the room, and shoots him in the face, which I actually really appreciated, because at that point... There's your consequence. But then more people die. (laughs) And then then she's awake, she's like, listen, Holdo had a plan all along, kind of thing, and then they land on the planet of being one of the few ships to actually get there. And I don't know, I mean... I kind of liked her arc. I just, if I'm thinking about it in a story element kind of way, it bothers me a little bit that it seems like they had to push her out of the story so we could get the Holdo subplot because they, it's like the writers refused to allow anyone to second question her, which that kind of annoys me a little bit when I think of it in that manner, which is why didn't he just challenge Leia instead of Leia like, listen, I have a plan, and he challenged her. Instead, they had to incapacitate her to allow him to subvert somebody else we don't really know or care about. Well, I, I don't. I think it's because he wouldn't second guess Leia. He respects her too much. He's known her. He's known her since he was a child. Yeah. So he wouldn't second guess her, and I, Leia it, would probably let her know the plan. I whereas Haldo just, is just saying, "No, I, I, I'm the commander. I'm I'm the new general. You listen to me. I give the orders." I feel like it was just an action made out of desperation, just because of the situation that they were in. And I also, I also kind of felt like, uh, like the plan that Holdo had wasn't just her plan. I feel like Leia was in on it too. Like yeah. it was something that they came up with together. Yeah, I can definitely um, see that. Because I mean, if 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 there's like a chain of command and like something happened to the top one, like Leia. Um, they they need to know like hey this is kind of what I was planning out like yeah. obviously if I'm gone you're gonna do what you want to do but I mean we should probably try and keep the same plan going if we can yeah I just I keep thinking like that Leia could have just filled in Holdo's role the entire time versus sidelining her for a while that kind of because I wanted to see more of her in the story versus having her unconscious for a while and the I like that she used the force. But that was really weird. The whole dramatic, kind of floaty in space, like all is stillness, but she just kind of yeah. I thought she like froze time or something because nothing else was moving until you you saw a wider shot of other things like slowly moving. Which she was apparently pulling herself pretty quickly. Yeah, because nothing else was really moving. Everything was very still. Which I mean, it made for a beautiful shot. Yeah, but it 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 looked a little weird just because again we didn't really get the. We didn't see how quickly she was actually moving because they wanted to hold on her and just have her flying. And did they? And did are they? Did she open the door or did they? Because I thought they it was opened like, the door. She I thought like she like went, I thought when she put her hand to it, like she was opening it. No, I think oh, that was okay. just her like saying like, "Hey, I'm here. Open the door." Oh Wait, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Shits. <laughs> <laughs> because when when the door is cracked to um, 
when the door is cracked and she walks in and shoots Poe in the face. I thought that was her force knocking the door open. Like they had like cut around it and then she kind of like force blasted it and then just walked in and shot him. <laughs> that, that, I mean, I because they didn't don't... show like they didn't show like an explosion. The door just kind of blew in. Yeah, so I thought that was her. Like, okay, you guys done see that? While I would have been okay with that, I mean, they're they're not making the movies into a forced unleashed. At all. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's my new headcanon. I don't remember the door like blowing open. I thought it just kind of fell over. I thought it was well, it was blown into the room. Though. There's I mean, so much to try and remember about there, the there movie, is. though. There is so Leia's story, and then she has a nice moment with Luke, which is something we didn't get with Han and anyone else. Uh, besides Leia when he said goodbye in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, she has a, a really nice moment with Luke, mm-hmm. which, again, we'll get more into. Um, but, yeah, she, her story was fine. Uh, it it didn't really have a, a huge impact on uh, everything. But, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a big plot point to, to Poe running off and, like, doing his own thing, thinking that Haldo's not having the best interest of the, the Resistance. And, obviously, Haldo probably taking on her, her last orders. Right, and... It was just an act of desperation, too, because he feels that Leia's down and out, Holdo's not doing anything, someone needs to do something. Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna move on to Ray's storyline, which I think we're going to combine with Kylo Ren's storyline a little bit. You basically have to. Yeah, uh, so we're going to just kind of get where they start off, uh, which is, again, one of my favorite moments is when we get reintroduced to, to Ray walking up to Luke for the first time. Uh, Luke takes Anakin's lightsaber... Looks at it, looks at Ray, and then just chucks it over his shoulder <laughs> and storms off. And storms off like the hell you think you are. Yep. And then uh, the first time we see Kylo Ren in this movie as well is kind of a, a parallel to that because I, the the entire movie is essentially parallels of the two. Uh, we see Kylo Ren in his mask going down to Snoke's throne room, and Snoke just berates him. He just rips him yep. a new one, calls him a child playing Darth Vader. And that's what sets him off to go get his, his tie silencer to take on the, yep. the Resistance fleet. And smash his helmet. Yeah. And uh, the the moment that I think really stood out for me with um, Kylo Ren and Snoke is when he 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 hesitates to not shoot Leia. That's that's a huge moment because, again, Snoke's like, I, I sense everything. And the whole point of him killing Han Solo is Snoke promises him that... If he kills his father, he will grow more powerful on the dark side. But all he feels is regret. He he hates himself. He hates everything. But he doesn't yeah. feel more powerful. He just becomes even more conflicted than he already was. Exactly. He he just he doesn't he doesn't get that power that he desires, and that's why I think he hesitates with Leia. He's like, I killed my dad, and I just feel worse. I don't feel more powerful. Why would killing Leia do anything else for me? So I thought that was a really cool point, uh, but. Before we dive any deeper, again, what are your thoughts on how their stories played out? Um, I, I think it was interesting kind of like seeing how they uh, intertwined, um, seeing how both like Ray and uh, Kylo have kind of like risen up to be like the most powerful figures in their own respective like light and dark side of the force. They become like equals. Um, so I, I think it was... I think it was interesting seeing those parallels because you see Kylo and you see his like mentor as in Snoke and you see Rey and then her mentor being Luke um, and their own conflicts that they have and then like the common ground that they have at the same time. Yeah, they're, they're two sides of the same coin essentially yeah. is the, the point of this, this storyline. Yeah, no, I thought their storyline was a lot better than the first one. Um, I... 
not really sure I like how they kind of did it. The whole weird force connection between them was was bizarre. But I started growing to like it other than one really gratuitous shot that kind of annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> but with his high waisted pants. With his yeah, his his uh nineteen. I think Adam Driver just could not get abs and they were like, We need you to have abs. He's like, I can't do it, guys. I swear. So they just like put him in really high waisted <laughs> pants and just gave him like he he's a really weird build too. But, what was yeah. that whole rumor about Kylo being totally ripped? Like what what was that from well, from SNL? <laughs> I hear he's exactly. got an eight pack, yeah. Yeah. or sixteen pack, or whatever. <laughs> he just doesn't like showing it off, guys. He's modest, okay? <laughs> sure. So I should ask him to put on clothes. <laughs> yeah, I, the the force connection is kind of cool. Um, That's cool. It kind of. I really liked how they they also like Kylo Ren immediately was just like, "Can you see my surroundings? I can't see yours." Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's also a testament though to each of their own like na- naivety too because it, they didn't realize that it was Snoke who was facilitating but that it was its connection Snoke because the connection the, the connection continues after Snoke is dead or it does it? but i mean they're still spoiler alert close <laughs> we said at the beginning full spoilers yeah we, we haven't gotten a snoke story yet and you say he's dead you've seen the movie <laughs> shut up <laughs> no i just I, I i would like a little more explanation for for how that works because like at one point they're talking Ray's talking to him in the rain and like he's getting rain and when it's over he's completely drenched and like water's dripping off of him but we never got like a, a back version which is like can he, he like smell the ocean or like feel the breeze because he just says I just see you you know so I was just kind of wondering like is it just like stronger one way with him like Snoke's using him to see her or does it work the other way just as strongly? Like, I don't think... So. I, I think... Again, I don't think it was Snoke. I think Snoke knew it was going on. Like, he could see into Kylo Ren's mind. So he knew something was going on. Well, well but we have to trust what see, the story said, which is that I did it. Yeah, Snoke specifically said he was the one who allowed that and did that. Which is I why... Mean, that that's what he said Which sets up Luke's thing at the end. He said, I allowed the connection. If I had projected myself, I would have died. And that allows you to eventually get Luke's story at the end of his. So we have to trust that Snoke did it. But did Well, Snoke didn't say that. Kylo Ren did. Kylo Ren said, you can't be doing this. If you were projecting this far out, you'd be dead. I thought he said that. I thought Snoke, Snoke said didn't that. say that, no. Kylo Ren did. That, that Kylo was, said that to Ray. Yes. I don't think Snoke ever mentioned anything about him dying, because I don't think that's any... That, that was never in Snoke's mind. Snoke is Anakin personified again. He's like, I'm not going to die. Or Sidious. He, he, he didn't think he mm-hmm. was going to be dead. I, thought, I swear, oh, it doesn't matter. But I have to trust that Snoke is the one who allowed a connection. If he, then if he connected them, whenever he does, when he did die, I doesn't necessarily mean it's broken. He already connected it. He was just using it to spy on them. I, I think Snoke's full of shit. I think the, the connection <laughs> is created between the back and forth that happened in The Force Awakens, and Snoke's just taking credit for it to, to show how powerful he is to Kylo Ren. Be like, look what I can do to you. I can make you see people that you don't want to see. Hmm. Because, so, I mean, if he could do that, he, why didn't he do that with Luke before? Well, because Luke cut himself off from the Force completely. But they didn't know that. But, I mean, why, well, couldn't, he, why couldn't he do that with Leia? Why couldn't he do that with Han? Well, Han Among other things, we don't know that you need to have a Force connection to be able to do that. Right. Which is saying, now we're just... I'm just saying, you have to trust what the movie told us. You can't just start making shit. shit. <laughs> I mean, because if we start accepting everything from the books and everything... That's then, where we there's answer, then there's answers for everything. You have to accept what the movie said, which the movie said, Snoke says, I did it. So fair, I have fair to enough. accept that. Fair enough. My headcanon says otherwise, but you're, you raise a very valid point. Right. 
So otherwise, we're cinema sins and starting to sin shit from the books. <laughs> <laughs> so so Ray and Kylo Ren have this this uh, psychic connection that we will assume for the time being was created by Snoke, <laughs> and uh, I think it creates a really awesome relationship between the two. Not mm-hmm. not shipping them, but like they they now understand each other. Yeah. It's it's almost like a, it's almost like an Xavier and Magneto thing where they they become friends, good friends, and they understand each other. And now they have to find a way to defeat each other. And in a worst case scenario, they will have to find a way to kill each other. See, I don't know if I would say that they become friends. Um, I mean, they definitely got a much better understanding of one another. Um, but they both want very different things. Because Ray is still holding out on the hope that she can turn him back. Because she, she feels, she knows that he still has like some of the light side in him because she knows of the conflict that he's always had and it's just getting worse whereas he he just wants like to see like the end of all of like the light and the dark and the sith and the jedi he he he's tired of that like cyclical like nature that has always like happened as to what he actually wants and wants it to become we don't really know no, I, I agree that I, I don't think the necessary finds. I think it's more like two people. I, I think it's more like two schoolmates who have one has an abusive teacher and one has a negligent one, and they're just kind of walk in. They're just kind of like meeting up. Like, so what did your dude tell you? Yeah, my dude told me this. Well, shit. You know, um, I think he. I think Kylo Ren wants a way stronger connection with her than she necessarily wants with him. Just because of him, his whole offer of the first movie, like, hey, join me together, we can piss off my dad. And then, like, yeah. this movie is like, hey, I've, I've, I've killed Snoke, join me, and together we can piss off the universe. Yeah. I'm sorry, the galaxy. And, and while, talking of Snoke, that was the most unexpectedly visceral death I've ever seen. Because, <laughs> among other things, you're not expecting Snoke to die in this movie. No. And the way it happens is so cool and then he gets sliced in half which again i wasn't expecting uh at this point i thought he impaled then sliced in half yeah well i mean like we only see it come forward so yeah it basically gets sliced through the spine yeah and then kylo ren just pulls the lightsaber forward and just slices him in half yeah and you see like the hand just staying on the armrest of the the throne It, it is just it was so different like when he pulled it through, that's when I was like, oh my god. I guess I've, I've played enough visceral video games that it didn't really phase me all that much. It's not that it phased me, it's just unexpected in a Star Wars movie. For me, yeah, I found it... someone in half like that. Like, yeah, Darth Maul was sliced in half, but we didn't see the like slicing and the sliding of the body off the top. And again, I mean, I've, I've played other Star Wars games with like those like realistic lightsaber combat um abilities i guess you could say um it the whole like scene i found a little bit hard to believe that he just didn't notice what kylo was doing like especially with how powerful snoke made himself out to be that he like he can like create this connection between this mental link between kylo and ray and he can like just shoot out lightning whenever he wants to and then can, to have the like to just wrist. yeah and then to just not notice oh hey this thing sitting right next to me is turning towards me but i don't notice it well, well he's, he's got his eyes closed he's sitting there just 
drinking in Kylo Ren's rage and how he wants to kill his enemy. Well, don't forget that he also um, force grabs the lightsaber and beans uh, Rey in the head with it, which I laughed way too hard at yeah. that part. <laughs> like I, yeah, that, I was, don't know. that was such a great parallel was... to the, the Return of the Jedi scene in, yeah. in the Emperor's room and on the second Death Star. Yeah. It was such a nice parallel, but also different enough. I mean, visually, it was an excellent like scene, that whole combat sequence. I loved it. It's just that very little part where Kylo was turning the lightsaber towards Snoke. I just personally found that a little bit hard to believe. I mean, I kind of liked it mostly because I think he was just drunk in his own power at that moment because yeah, he, I mean, he was narrating what was happening. Right. He's like, and you're turning and twisting the lightsaber and you're going to strike down your greatest enemy. Which I, if I was drinking in my power at that moment, I would have been like, your greatest, wait, wait. <laughs> Go again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to hold yeah. this here. Well, at that moment, he probably, if he had realized that, he probably would not have let Kylo Ren survive. No. So no. Uh, I, I thought it was interestingly vague where he's like, I, I know his every thought. I, I'm in his head. I, I, yeah. He is mine. And then he, all he sees is just this vague image of he's turning his lightsaber on his enemy or his greatest enemy. And he's going to, and he ignites his lightsaber. And yeah. Uh, that that part I thought was just I thought it was cool. Uh, what did you guys think of the the fight scene within the throne room once the Praetorian guards got involved? I loved it. I've been waiting for a good like lightsaber action sequence for far too long because we all, the only bit that we really got was at the very end between Rey and Kylo in the Force Awakens. So I I've been waiting to see this in a, like in an actual movie for a while. Oh, it was terrible. The, the choreography was horrible. You, in, that fight scene showed that that lightsaber is so stupidly designed, you can't use it. Like, there's two or three times where he's like has to stick it through the ground and drag it. And I saw twice where this where he's facing away from somebody and like a stunt guy, one of those stunt guys, kind of goes in and then steps back because he like either missed his mark or he realized, well, if I stab him in the back right now, he's dead. It, it, you're fighting that many people. And they all have different. I like the weapons. I thought the weapons were pretty freaking cool. That the um, red, the the imperial guard or emperor's guard. Praetorian like, guards. They actually call them Praetorian. They actually still. Yeah. They actually take it from the Roman. Uh, they the don't Roman know what the Romans are. They're, it's from a galaxy. But a the Praetorian guard is the Roman guard. Well, that guarded the emperor. Well, take it up with George Lucas. He's the one. <laughs> it's the Praetorian guard. There's pairs. There's eight of them, and there's. Um, four pairs but it just it was really badly done and then you would expect two people who have the force to actually use the force and they didn't do force blocks they didn't okay so here's here's the part that bothers me about this kylo ren is introduced badassly walking off the ship and he grabs a blaster bolt out of the air holds it lectures some people yells at some people stabs a guy leaves flies away then it's released how can he not just force shove somebody or at least block or get them away from him or create some distance? And then, of course, we have Rey, who also has some innate force ability who, I mean, yes, they, they say that, you know, she wasn't fully trained by Luke, but she does know how to use her thing. After all, she attacks and beats the shit out of Finn at one point, and she fought off Kylo Ren in the first one. There was no actual usage of the force. It was just, it was a sword and knuckle fight. It, and I, I was just confused as to why... They actually didn't use their powers to overcome them. They just... It was a bunch of sword blocking, a few kicks, a few blocks, and then the only like kind of forced thing to happen was at the end when she threw the lightsaber and he grabbed it out of the air and ignited it and killed the guy. And said, that was cool. 
but the for the the choreography didn't do anything for me. I expected something like I know in the Phantom Menace, they use force powers the entire time fighting one Sith, you know, the two of them. You have eight people on you have eight against two and there's not a single usage of the force. I, I Why didn't un- that happen? Why didn't they create distance, create um, why didn't they challenge them? Because if these guys can go one-on-one with lightsabers, why didn't they use their, their innate advantage of we're actually Force users, you guys ain't? That's, that's a valid argument. I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Alex. Uh, the choreography felt kind of clunky. Um, there were some badass moments. Ray dropping the lightsaber, slipping out of a grip, and then yeah. grabbing it and tossing it to, to Kylo Ren. That was cool. That was, that was a cool moment. But other than that, I really didn't have a lot to do in that moment like ray looked really awkward holding kylo ren's broadsaber um again like why wouldn't they use the force maybe i i don't know they maybe their red armor prevents the force from working and they just intuitively knew that or something probably not derek's researching now in his his visual yeah history. i mean if the armor blocks the force they could have mentioned that and i would have been i would have been totally something like cool then you have to actually just use your enhanced speed and ability well, well the, that's another thing is that you know the armor can block lightsabers it's then and blaster fire. <laughs> then how did they all die from lightsaber slashes? Probably through different <laughs> like segments in the plates. Kings in the armor. But one was right through the face. <laughs> and she cut know. one in half. I'm just reading what it says in the book, <laughs> okay. okay? No, no, I understand. I'm just... I, I and wasn't, wasn't the end of that scene where they split Anakin's saber in half? Yeah, that was really cool, too. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, that was a ni- again, that was a nice parallel to The Force Awakens where they, they're both fighting over the... The lightsaber trying to force pull it to themselves although this time they're in opposite ends and so now the force the the lightsaber is being pulled in opposite directions why she ends up with both halves i don't know i assume she picked them up but again well yeah they they both become knocked unconscious yeah because it the it explodes which i'm assuming this is the kyber crystal fracture and that's what causes the shattering or maybe it's energy cell but i think it's just the energy cell because the, probably you see the kyber crystal in the when she's holding it and talking to leia you actually can see the kyber crystal poking out oh is that okay but actually see that actually leads me to a thing general hux i feel really like i keep thinking of him as bill weasley because he is bill weasley but when Snoke was dragging him and slamming him around on the ship for the failure to stop him from jumping light speed, I really liked. I love that when he found Kylo Ren in that room, he just starts pulling out the blaster until Kylo until Kylo Ren like stirs and he's like, just well, he's waiting for his moment. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, holy crap, are we gonna have Weasley just shoot Kylo? Oh my! And then he well, it's up. a testament to Hux. Hux's personality know, that he will do anything if it means that he can get to where he wants to be in the first order. I just love that that part because I expect him to kind of be like you know like either go over to Snoke and kind of like you know like oh my god or go over to like are you okay but no he's just like oh shit Snoke's dead the ship's half destroyed. Fuckers Kylo Ren's the only one. <laughs> the only one he in my doesn't. Way. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, and uh, I, I did like that moment where he he kind of assumes that he assumes the supreme leader role yeah and then kylo ren's just kind of like what now yeah and he just goes i'll hail the new supreme leader oh well don't forget he force choked him yeah he force yeah. choked him to his knees and he's like and then he's like i'll hail the new supreme leader. yeah i really like that yeah he get hux gets tossed around a couple of times uh there he hux kylo ren and are hanging out inside of one of the new adats and uh when luke shows up in the battle of crate uh kylo ren is like i'm going down there and Hux is just like, uh, not a good idea. He just flicks his wrist and throws him against the wall. That was a good moment. 
Uh, but yeah, it, uh, there's so much to do with Ray and Kylo. Like this is, if, as much as this is Luke's movie, this is Ray and Kylo's movie. Right, but and sorry, going back, so they end up killing the Praetorian Guard, and then, then they fight over Anakin's. Well, and, and he off, and he Kylo Ren turns to her and goes like, "Cool, now that this is done." Let's rule the galaxy together, and she's like, "I don't," you know. She's like, "I'm, I, I'm not down with it." And she's like, "Well, why not? We're in charge now. Everybody's dead but us," you know, kind of thing. And I actually really, I actually really like that moment because that's where he starts explaining like, the, "There is no good, there is no bad. There's only the first order, and we can rule it and contain it." And then she's like, "Yeah, no, there is good and bad." I actually really like that moment between them. I, as much as I didn't like Kylo Ren in the first movie, he, many ways redeemed himself in this one because he he has reasons now for being kind of a whiny bastard they made him a much more relatable and understandable character not yeah. just throwing fits for the sake of he didn't get his way yeah and I and I actually almost kind of like understand where he was going because he turned on the guy who made him kill his dad and who wants his mom dead and basically who wants everybody dead and, and it was all to get to Luke like Luke being a hermit for 20 years is apparently still a challenge for Snoke and I, I'm not sure I necessarily think that Kylo Ren's story necessarily ends with him like, yeah, I'll be a good guy now. But I think it more sh- shows along the lines that he can actually, ha- he has his own arc of what he believes is right and wrong. And I actually like that. And among other things, he's now ascended to a, a higher place in the, the government than Darth Vader ever did. Because if if the Emperor dies and Darth Vader is still evil, Darth Vader probably becomes the new Emperor. Right. Uh, Or Grand Moff Tarkin takes his place if he's not dead at the end of A New Hope. But now Kylo Ren is the supreme leader. He's the one in charge. And he he has the ability and the means to make whatever he wants to have happen, happen. And uh, that... That is something that'll be interesting because as we wind down on this one, we're st- we've still got a few things to talk about. Um, we still got some time. Um, Kylo Ren, I, they made him much more relatable, but they also filled in a, uh, a quote-unquote plot hole from The Force Awakens where uh, Maz has Luke's and Anakin's Skywalker or Anakin's lightsaber. Where, if you remember, in the scene where he and Luke are confronting each other in the past, he pulls up the blue lightsaber. And he defends himself from Luke, who has his green lightsaber. Yep. Which means Luke went back and found the lightsaber and gifted it or heirloomed it to Ben. Or was that the same lightsaber? Yeah. I just thought it was. And which also mean, which also implies like when he sees Ray take it from him and. And the Force Awakens says that lightsaber belongs to me. And who knows that Lando could have come across it exactly. too, oh. being on Cloud City. I didn't get that at all. I know it was a blue lightsaber. I just assumed it was blue because you know it was. Blue. I didn't. Oh, I'm gonna have to relook I mean, for that because I, I didn't. I didn't because I didn't see the, the shape of it. And so I'm, I didn't I'm guessing he. I don't know how he would have lost it. That's that's a new question because he. I assume when he he leaves Luke's temple, he or Luke's school. He has that lightsaber with him, so somewhere along the way, he probably lost it, and Luke got it and hit it with Maz. Hmm. That that probably would make sense to me, because he because he probably gifted it to Kylo or Ben. Ben. Um. And then, I mean, Ben could have lost it during his rampage of destroying the whole temple and killing everyone inside. All but um, I think they said it, he he kept twelve alive. No, he, there was he. Then Luke's newest um, batch of students that included um, Kylo was 12. Okay. And then 
he killed everybody but like a handful he took with him which uh, is assumed to become the new the knights of ren yeah where are they don't they're, not, oh, okay. they're not important to the story. Oh, okay. Well, not yet, at least. Yeah. We don't really know. I don't, I don't think... I think they'll be important in supplemental material. I don't think they're important to the story. Well, maybe... Well, I don't know. We could go off in speculation. Yeah. But, Which we will at the end of all this. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a cool filler where they... It's implied that maybe Luke gifted this. He's like, hey, my, my mentor, Ben, gave me my father's lightsaber... It murdered a bunch of kids. So you must like it. He murdered a bunch of kids. And then according to this canon, if that is his lightsaber, he then uses it to murder a bunch of more kids. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which, so, I mean, it, it's which, kind of about time. lightsaber got to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it got torn in half. So, I mean, it, it, I think it was about time for it to be decommissioned That'd at this awesome. point. It'd be awesome if in the next one she, like, kind of puts it back together and she's like, you won't murder this time, I promise. <laughs> oh, jeez. So... We're, we're going to start talking Luke because we, we've kind of alluded to all of this. Uh, Luke's story, the reason why he's on Octo is because he is just full of regret and he's cut himself off from the Force because he, he started this new Jedi Academy and he brought Ben in on Leia's, Leia and Han's insistence and he senses the dark side in Ben. And in a moment of weakness, he goes to kill Ben. He ignites his green lightsaber and is ready to kill him. But in that moment where his lightsaber ignites, he he says it the the feeling was just fleeting and it was gone. Like the minute he he ignited the lightsaber, that he just was filled with regret. Yeah. And he he immediately was just like, I can't do this. And Ben wakes up in that moment with his lightsaber still lit and it perceives it as an attack. And he comes at Luke and uh, he destroys the hut that he's living in. And then he goes and destroys the academy, and that's why uh, Ben is now Kylo Ren. Where his and it, it also reveals like why he hates his parents, why he hates, excuse me, why he hates Luke, and uh, I mean his his parents sent him off to become a Jedi, and his Jedi teacher betrayed him, which is you know why he hates the light side of the Force and why he doesn't want to be moved to the light side of the Force again. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Luke's story picks up with exactly where The Force Awakens left off, which this, the way they started this movie kind of reinforces my feeling that The Force Awakens easily could have ended on Rey just leaving off in space. And then we could have picked up immediately with Luke and Rey meeting on this island. You didn't have to set up the island. There was nothing that was set up in The Force Awakens about the island. So I, I, I feel like with where we picked up with Luke and Rey, didn't need to happen in The Force Awakens. I feel like that was just an extra 90 seconds of runtime that they needed. I don't know. That's just my feeling on that moment. Uh, but Luke shows up and he's just going about his daily routine with the annoyance of Rey following him. And uh, we see him milk some giant Sieg monster, uh, get some green milk, and we get a really awkward shot of him like taking a big squig and like, yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, I've seen the internet really hate that moment. Um, That's funny. I thought it's, it was great. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's It's kind of there to kind of gross Ray out trying to get her to go yeah. um, it, it just shows that he's he's been there for a while and he's become accustomed to living on the island yeah he does that little um, uh, spear fishing leap thing yeah and which is stabs cool this massive like seven foot fish or something that was yeah cool. yeah it slings it over his shoulder and uh, Ray's just kind of bothering him doing a pulling a Doctor Strange essentially just saying like hey train me no shuts the door on him train me no shuts the door 
then we finally get Chewbacca, who's had enough of this shit, and open like slams open the door with his Wookiee strength, and uh, we get a great moment of uh, like Mark Hamill does such a good job with this role, yeah, because uh, you get this weary Luke voice, but then like when Chewie shows up, you get a little bit of that young Luke back. He's like yeah. Chewie. What are you doing? Yeah. And then same thing when he meets R2 again. He's like, R2? He just has that young Luke voice again. Mm-hmm. And it's so great to hear it. Mm-hmm. So what do we think of Luke's story? I liked it. I, I think it was it was good. It wasn't what I was expecting, which I think is, is good. Um, well, 90% of this movie is not what I was expecting. True, true. But I mean, we all had our own like speculations as to like... What has he been doing all this time? Like, where has he been? Um, we know he's been on this island. We know he was searching for the first Jedi temple. But we don't know why. Um, but we don't know why. Like, we don't we don't know. So we just had all this anticipation. Um, and to kind of see that he's just kind of become like this hermit. Um, he's, he's shut himself off from the Force. He's just been living on this island in these unfavorable conditions, pretty much. Of just fishing and drinking, God knows whatever the hell that green, green stuff was. I, don't know, I, I your book it. doesn't have what the monsters are. <laughs> um, I like I that it has the fish that he those. stabbed. It's yeah, it does have. It's like this weird, yeah. like squid type fish thing. I don't know, but I, I liked his story. I th- I think it was, I think it was adequate enough to like give us ideas to like what he's been through. I like this story. I liked almost all of it except for the very, very end part. I have a question or three about that. But for the most part, I liked it. It was it showed that you know he just took off. I really liked that Kylo Ren showed Rey one version of what happened that night, which was a pretty cool fucking scene with like Luke like just angry and these like you can see like Sith look, you know, the Sith eyes mm-hmm. kind of thing and this rage look as he leaned over him. I the, I'm pretty sure the blade was still green. Wasn't it in both yes. of them? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because I know they, they the colors palette was completely different, and then when Luke actually explained what happened, it was you know you saw this kind of wary, scared man of what is becoming of this guy who I know right. has this darkness with him, and I, I really liked his story. I liked how he had been. I liked when he'd been on the island. I liked he had this routine that the porgs and these other little. Oompa Loompa creatures were taking care of the island and preserving it. Um, I liked. I really liked the wariness and the lanas, lanai, lanais. I really liked what was. I liked which they look like they're just grown up porgs. Which actually, if you read, uh, they are dis, uh, genetically related oh, to okay. the porgs because that, that explains the feet. Yep. Yeah, I, I really liked what they did. I liked that they gave him a moment with Leia, a long moment with Leia at the end, and I liked his embrace of Chewie and. I like the little R2 moment, which I'm starting to kind of get a little bit annoyed that like R2 has no, that doesn't have anything to do with these yeah, movies. he's just hanging out in low power mode in the, in the corner and then Luke shows up and he's like, oh, hey. But like C-3PO continues to have a very large role. He has a ton of lines in this movie. But I think, and, again, he has, he, he has like no dialogue up until like when Poe's back on the bridge, he has a few lines. When Poe's doing his mutiny, he has a few lines, and then he has nothing until Luke shows up at the end. Yeah, but he's still there. That's the thing, is that he's still a presence in there, and he does have lines, and you see he has two gold arms again and stuff like that. He had two gold arms at the end of The Force Awakens. Did he? Yeah. When did they do that? 
No, I'm just saying when, when, right when they were doing the attack on Starkiller base, <laughs> someone decided to give up. Yeah, they, okay. no, they have nothing better to do. So why not make sure three PO has an extra gold arm when he dies? Okay, if they fail. Okay, I didn't realize that, but I'm I really like Luke's story up until the kind of little twist at the end, because I think Mark Hamill brought a badassness to the role that you felt that like he was just wary and tired. He's like, I've been teaching a bunch of kids and I fucked up. <laughs> And then uh, I actually really found, at first I was kind of annoyed, but then I really liked that Yoda reappeared with him. The Yoda appearance was really yeah, cool. It, it was yeah. surprising. The, but... the angles on the puppet occasionally looked really weird. I think it's because they actually used the puppet, though. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. That, that was kind of the point, but it, it's still, the, I feel like you, the cinematographer should have been like, the puppet looks weird here, we should change the angle. Well, and they also didn't like keep it him blue the entire time. There's a few parts where like they had close-ups and they let the blue go away, and so you could tell it was just the puppet, which I thought was kind of cool. And I also like that they set up that apparently, even though you're a ghost, you still have badass powers because he beats Luke in the head a few times with his stick. <laughs> yep, strike me yeah. down, and I'll become more powerful yeah. than you can ever imagine. And yeah. then he's able to call lightning from the sky. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that too. I've yeah. listened to uh, a few reviews. And they all kind of have the same idea that y- one Yoda knew that Ray took the the text. Well, he, I, he said it flat out. Well, he he said nothing. She she has everything that she no, needs. She there's nothing in that library that she does not already possess. In the in the tree, or, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing in the tree that she does not already possess. Yeah. and I and actually I, I, I said out loud. I went. She stole the damn books. Yeah, and, and I, then of course they're in the Millennium Falcon. I didn't really pick up on that. I I, I thought Neither Yoda was like showing a faith, oh. show of faith, like agreeing with Luke that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, the the these waves of the Jedi need to end. But no, he Ray took him and he's just like, yeah, okay, let's burn down the let's burn down the tree with together, have a nice bonfire. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a really nice moment, and uh, it was the way he said it that I was like, she stole the books. Yeah, I, I when I saw it, I've only seen it the one time, so again, I've, I'm only going off of what I remember. Yeah. And they, there's a really quick shot at the very end of the movie where you see the texts in a drawer. And I was like, yep. did Yoda put them there? Is that why he was okay with burning down the tree? Or did Ray steal them? But everyone I've, every other review that I've listened to so far has agreed that Ray stole them, which is why Yoda was like, yeah, cool, let's burn the temple down. Yeah, she was just taking off. She, you know, took off, grabbed some stuff, and pilfered some stuff on the way out, which is perfectly fine. Not like Luke read any of the books anyway, which that kind of annoyed me and amused me all at once. There's nothing in there. It's all a bunch of wisdom. Like, oh, you've read them? Not really. <laughs> I did also. Uh, oh, speaking of Luke and Ray dialogues, I, I did like the you know where are you from, Ray? Uh, from nowhere. No one's from nowhere. And from Jakku. Oh well, yeah, that's basically nowhere. <laughs> so Ray from nowhere. Yeah. No. I, the only thing. Well, might as well. The only thing that kind of bothers me is that I'm really hoping Luke's in the next one because he kind of has to be. Well, that, he has to be. Well, the thing about it. So all right. So. Ray, Ray takes off because Luke's like, fuck it, I'm not helping anybody. I don't trust you. Which I actually really like that they got into a brief fight. And when he first pulled and started blocking, he whooped her and he whooped her ass until she put a lightsaber on him. I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's good. That shows that he still is a Jedi Master. That he's yeah. kept up his fitness, which obviously is his day-to-day thing. He's hiking everywhere. Yeah. I like that. And I like that he kind of is basically like, yeah, no, I'm not going to help you. I, my time here is done. I fucked up too much. Yeah. And his thing was constantly saying that the Jedi's basically belief of good and evil just fucked everything. Yeah. And I allowed myself. But so Ray, Ray takes off, ends up on the Falcon on not Hoth, which by the way, did you did you watch the credits? 
So when it, they're on that the mining planet and everybody's getting in the trenches, the AT-ATs are coming. There's the blaster, and I'm just like, oh yeah, basically this is a hot battle, and everything's white. And that guy like touches the ground and then licks it. He goes salt, and I went, that is such a line just for the damn movie, so people don't go out there. It's the snow planet. And then if you watch the credits, it says like Lieutenant something salt. And I'm like, oh, because he's the guy who said salt. <laughs> I did. I did notice that. <laughs> but so. It's their last moment. Um, Rose already kissed and made out with Finn and then passed away and passed out. And they're going to like storm in and destroy everything. And Luke appears in the base because they, they, sent out a, they sent out a call to the Resistance using General Leia's personal code letting them know that I need help. And nobody shows up, which I thought that was a really cool plot point, too. They showed the yeah. whole, like... Yep. Everyone was too afraid of the first order at yeah. this point. Well, also not only that, but it goes with you guys are saying that this is about passing the thing. The torch is that, yeah, Leo, you've been doing this for like fifty freaking years. We're not helping you now. Somebody else needs to be there. Something needs to happen. And Luke shows up and he has trimmed hair and his beard is brown instead of white. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. And I was like, like a clean up look, made him look a little younger. Which which call which is why it's a force projection because what is it like? Yoda doesn't quite look as old. Obi Wan doesn't quite look as old. Anakin DH thirty years, which pissed me off. But anyway. Um, and he shows up and he has this moment with Leia and he hands a little um, the dice the dice Han Solo's dice from the, the Millennium Falcon have those, yep. always, have those always been there? yes yeah. oh okay I didn't know that yeah, yep. I just, I've never really seen in A New Hope it's, they're dangling there uh, I've never noticed it so I, I, I was assuming they've always been there and they just didn't make it up so anyway so he has a moment with her and they kind of talk, chat for a moment and he says somebody something, he says something to C-3PO doesn't he? yeah, yeah. He, he gives yeah. Like, 3PO a little like Wink. Yeah, yeah, and then 3 just goes, Master Luke. Yeah. Yep. And then he walks out through the hole in the blast door and walks across this field, and there's, what, like 12 AT, ATs? I think there's like five or six. It's, there's not that many. There's a lot, because there's a little branch of them. There's a, quite a few of them. Within the shot, there's only maybe a handful. Okay. And he walks out. Which are, so another thing is, because whenever you touch the salt, you rub off the top layer and you reveal like the red clay beneath. And he doesn't leave... Oh, the ATM6s? Yep. Okay. The not AT-ATs. Anyway, so he walks out there and they see this, the resistance just see, which, you know, the last of them just see this figure walk out. The First Order sees this figure walk out, walk out and Kylo Ren, I love, I love this part, he freaks out and just starts screaming fire everything. And Luke just gets blasted with dozens upon dozens of shots of everything. This ground's blowing up, this red and white. Ever. There's it's like, a, it's like a, a mushroom shot of this red dust. It's beautiful, beautiful shot. And then, you know, Hux finally goes, I think we got him, you know. And it fades, and Luke is still there, and he's smiling. And he just brushes a little dust yeah, off brushes. his shoulder. Oh, yeah. that was such a, a, and I like the fact that he just did one. Yeah. It wasn't like a... Yep. Like a Both uh, sides. Yeah, and just it was one. just like yeah, a definite, like, come quick, at me, bro. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> one quick, like, you didn't get me. And then Color Ringo is down there. They briefly trade a few shots. And Luke gives his speech about how if you kill me in anger, I will always be a part of you. And Kylo Ren slices him in half, except he doesn't, because it turns out it's a force projection, which I, yep. so I which I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense now, because because if you, there's a couple of shots of the feet between the two, like they're shifting to get into position, and Kylo's dragging his feet, and you see the red where Luke. Yep is lifting up his feet and there's no red. And immediately I was like, something's not right. See, I thought that might be... The only thing that made me think... I mean, I was pretty damn certain it was a projection because he de-aged. And, you know, you always project a younger version of yourself at the first for some reason. I only thought maybe that he elevated to such a level that he's kind of like Legolas and Legolas can walk on snow and he can walk on salt. I thought that would be like... He just... He's so in tune with everything now and he allowed the Force to repenetrate him. 
that he doesn't mark the ground. I thought that would have been cool. And then it turns out that he was actually just stalling for time, which is fine. And then there's the beautiful, beautiful shot of him hovering on that little um, that little platform mm-hmm. on the island. He then collapses kind of from exhaustion. The double suns rise, and he fades out with the force, which was so beautiful. My only minor thing that I didn't like about it was I wish... Because they've shown that like Kylo Ren with his with the projections, and they are able to touch hands, hold hands. He gets wet. She can see. They can see each other. He gives something to Leia. They touch each other. I and they actually um, Kylo and him bl- uh, match blades for a moment, which the blue lightsaber is another thing. Yeah, that I, I'm like, like Wait, why that's can't a, it be the green his old lightsaber? Yeah. Why is a green one? I, only thing was, I wish Luke would have taken out some of those machines or something that he would have exuded his force to like. Because I understand he was stalling for time. They still got to get the Falcon out of there and all that stuff. But that he would have, like, with that barrage, that he would have been deflecting some of them and, like, destroying some of the stuff. That we would have seen. I mean, yes, it's a badass moment. But I want it. But it's taken a little bit away when you realize it's just he's just a protection. So he's just like, okay, don't you're not hurting me. So whatever. I wish he would have exuded more of the Force to actually show what an elevated Jedi Master can do against literally an entire army. That's my only thing that I hate about that moment. Well, not hate. It's just his... It pulls back a little bit. Then I'm like, hmm, if we could have seen just a little epicness from him beyond that. I don't know. I think, I think that would have been stretching a little too far because I don't think I've ever seen in any, even like the past expended universe, now Legends, I've never seen a Force user like be on one planet and then halfway across the galaxy like fight doing something with the force yeah and like physically affect things with the force across that far when they're already projecting their own presence to be there i i think that would just be taking it i mean that would be awesome and badass but i think that would just be taking it a step too far yeah but so he still stopped the blades he and kylo matched blades a few times and he stopped it so I mean, he can exude something. I just that's just my, that's my only thing. I mean, yeah, he literally is across the galaxy and he does this, which I think is a beautiful moment. I just would have liked to seen just a little bit. But maybe doing that much effort, well, <clears> would <throat> have killed him even faster. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't know. We don't because they've never fully explained force powers. I mean, in one of the extended universe books, Luke is on the ground and literally grabs a star destroyer and yanks it out of the sky and smashes it into the ground. You know, they don't really don't give. And then Chewie to kill him took a literal planet hitting him. Uh, yeah, like a moon <laughs> or a planet. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Just saying, that's the only thing I I wanted a little something to show what his full power would be, but I still think it was beautifully done. And I loved when it, when they finish and he's just standing there. I'm like, that's just awesome. Yeah, that, that Luke a, is just and Luke is still there. That was an awesome moment. My only gripe with that entire moment is I really. I know they set it up where he's like, I came to this island to die, mm-hmm. or I came to this planet to die. I, I really wish they wouldn't have killed him off, especially in the wake of Carrie Fisher's untimely death, yeah. um, which would have been a very quick edit where you just see him roll off the thing and he just sits back down. You know, that could have been open-ended. You know, mm-hmm. did he live? Did he die? We don't know. Wait till episode nine. Yeah. Um, well, his, his X-Wing is still there. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was cool. Yeah, that, that was, was a cool. Shot. Yeah. He just yeah. like, sank the X wing. Actually, yeah. the door going to his little hut is made from one of the wings. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, that's my only personal gripe with the way Luke's story ended is I, yeah. I really didn't want him to die. No. I, I really wanted him to be redeemed in a, a different way, mm-hmm. not just be like, okay, I'm going to do one last thing. Yeah. And, and uh, that's that's kind of where I I ended up on that one. 
Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it was important that he did, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, going back to the conversation that he had with Yoda, like, they both at this point in time realize that, I mean, something needs to change. There's been this, like, cyclical nature of the Jedi versus the Sith, the light versus the dark. And it's just over and over and over and over. One side grows powerful than the other, and then there's conflict, and then it reverses. Yeah. Like something needs to change. They're, like we need to get like a fresh, clean slate mm-hmm. and start over. No, I agree with that. I just, I, I think he, I kind of understood why he was going to die. I was just, I wanted just something, a little. There's a little, a little like not palate cleanser, but a little sample of how powerful he actually would be at his full height. Wait, but you know, but who knows? I mean, Yoda yanked lightning from the sky as a you know, I mean, as a ghost. Now, I mean, just like he said, now he can be there and he can help Ray yeah. at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, we're running a little long. We're getting close to running a little long at this point. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna cut the stories and the character stuff here. Uh, we're gonna get into our questions, but first we have to give our official Talking Smack ratings. Which again, if you've heard our uh, Thor Ragnarok or Justice League reviews, we only do two ratings. We do must-see or hard pass. So uh, for me, it's a must-see. If if you don't agree with me, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> it, it's a must-see largely because this movie is very dependent on seeing this movie multiple times to take everything that happens in. Like We're, we're all going off of one viewing, and yeah. we, we, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all of the, the details. Uh, I know a lot of people that have seen it multiple times like, oh yeah, this all makes so much more sense now. Mm. I know a lot more about it just because uh, of listening to other reviews, but it, it's still, some of the reviews just, again, still don't answer all of the questions that would linger and be answered by a second viewing, uh, especially picking up on little foreshadowing moments, but this is definitely a must-see for me. I would definitely say it's a must-see as well. Um, Because even if you're not entirely a huge Star Wars fan, um, I think it's still a movie that can be enjoyed by by someone um, just of the average like audience. You know, I I definitely would say it's just seen it. I'm not sure it necessarily needs to be seen in theaters. Other than you need a big ass TV at home if you're going to watch it at home, because some of these shots are just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I I wasn't a fan of the Force Awakens. It's just I tried watching it twice and I just couldn't. But this one I would rewatch because I'm trying to. There's little things I want to like finish piecing together. I'm just, you know I'm not saying I love it and love it immensely, but they did. Uh, there's a lot of moments of just pure respect and Mark Hamill alone is worth it. Leia's few when she's awake. Leia's moments are really great. I actually do like Ren and. Uh, I like Ray, and I actually kind of begrudgingly now respect at least Kylo Ren, at least where he's going with the story. It makes The Force Awakens a lot better. Um, I I couldn't tell you where I rank this movie in the Star Wars movies, uh, largely because it it really depends on where they go with nine. Like what happens in nine is largely going to depend on how I view Episode Eight. I still think it overall it's better than like Phantom and uh, the Clone, uh, right, Clone no right Attack of the Clones, not Rise of the Clones. Right. Um, I think it's it's definitely better than those. It's probably better than Revenge of the Sith. It's probably better than Return of the Jedi. But I think it how mm. well I remember it and how well I, how good I feel about it is largely dependent on what happens in Episode Nine. 
I would. I think matters is I wouldn't even say you need to watch the Force Awakens to see this one. The opening title crawl of like a whole like Ray goes to find Luke thing. None of that, in my opinion, necessarily matters. It starts off with the whole they're getting the resistance is in shambles. Ray's been. Uh, I mean, uh, Ray's found Luke. I mean, you can just kind of tack on. Luke was missing for a while. We went and found him. <laughs> the resistance is in shambles. Um, but that. But so yeah, I I do kind of wonder where they're going to go with Lan because. It's effectively he, um, Rian Johnson, kind of effectively took all the questions that you had after the Force Awakens and said, "Doesn't matter, Snoke. Who, who is Snoke? Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter. Who's you know? Where's Luke? Dead. What's happening with the First Order? They're almost completely in control. What's the Resistance? Three guys. Yeah. <laughs> Three guys lay in a ship. You know, and you know, so it, nine is essentially a." Um, is a clean slate to start with because you don't have to worry about the baggage of Snoke. You don't have to worry about baggage of anything. Your main bad guy kind of running their universe. Right. Your, which your, your main lady has the books for uh, has the books to teach the Jedi if she if Which is the whole point. I feel like this whole yeah. movie was just a transition. Hmm. It's a transition going into like a new like era, a new age. Which that that brings up a, a point. I know I said we're done with the story, but what do you guys think have what do you think the point of the kid with the broom at the end is? <clears throat> I don't think there was anything. I just, in my opinion, the kid with the broom thing, it just, it just goes to show, well, what is it? Um, the first three basically set up the whole, like, the Jedi go and steal children and teach them to be Jedi. I, there's no Jedi to steal children. You know, it's just, there's just a kid out there who is Force-sensitive and wants to join the Resistance. I don't necessarily think it's a larger plot point or anything. I just think it's... A kind of like a nod that force sensitive people are running around without training. I think it's just to point out that there always will be the force, mm -hmm. and that the will of the force is that there's going to be force users, whether they're dark or light side, mm -hmm. whether there's a galactic civil war, whether there's the resistance and the first order. There's always going to be force users, yeah. and that they're always are like going to be born. Um, yeah. I. I I just feel that that was really the importance of it is that no matter what it it's going to keep happening. Yeah, I thought it was more like I thought the more the ring was uh, he had um Rose's um resistance ring was more of an interesting thing than he grabbed force grabbed a broom. I was just like to me it was just like, you know, there's they went there's hope for the rebellion no matter where they are. He yeah. just happened to grab a broom. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly have no idea what to think of the kid with the broom. Um yeah. <clears throat> I I think it's alluding to a future where there, Kylo Ren's going to have an apprentice and Rey's going to have either a Padawan or an, an entire school with her as well. I think it might be building towards a new Jedi Sith army mm. kind of thing. Uh, but we also, the one, number one thing is we don't know if there's going to be another like five hour time jump or if there's going to be like a 10 year time jump going into episode nine. Because resistance has to rebuild, they're they're now back to being the rebellion, uh, but they have to rebuild and grow their numbers. Yeah, they only got literally the Falcon full of people. Yeah. Left. Well, I mean, they they say that basically what's left of the resistance will be the spark that starts yeah. ignites the fire of the yeah. new rebellion. Yeah. Yes. Which they say like four times in the movie, three times probably, because that's the rule: is you only do you say something three times to pay it off. What. It, I, I am waiting for the Cinnamonson's cut of every time they say hope. <laughs> because she says to him, like, so many times, you're the hope. We need your hope. You're the hope. And then, uh, was it, Poe goes, he's given us hope. <laughs> yeah, they, they're really driving that hope thing uh, 
he didn't like Leia saying it in Rogue One, we're gonna say it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so I it was, yeah, seriously, that scene where they're just firing everything at was just that's beautiful. We have to think of like the state that the galaxy in is in, though, too, because I mean, Snoke is gone, so mm-hmm. they're like. Hux is probably going to be the only person that's actually going to bring any sort of like order to the chaos that mm-hmm. is the First Order right now. They've already started taking over star systems who are just bowing down to them. Mm-hmm. The New Republic is entirely gone. Their whole star system was destroyed because of Starkiller. Their whole fleet was destroyed. There's no other standing army because of uh, like a disarmament like yeah agreement they made with the remnants of the empire um the resistance is almost all but destroyed there's very few of them left actually did you notice that that they actually didn't refer to it as a resistance anymore they just kept saying the rebellion over and over yeah they pretty much went like yeah nobody's calling it the resistance on any boards well i think it's largely because one the the new republic is gone and the the first order is reigning so they can't resist something they're rebelling against it well no i'm just saying that it seems like they're kind of like like Lucasfilm has kind of like taken back like people kept referring to it as the rebellion. Let's just keep referring to it as the rebellion. It, it is. I mean, because he it is a semantics. Well, I, well, I know, but the whole like you know the empire. It's the first order, not the empire. But they called like I think one of them said like the empire is spreading or something like that. But I noticed that like the um, Hux re- continuously kept calling it the rebellion, and he's also the one who went, "You're a precious princess," and I was like. She's a general now, dude. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but my biggest lingering question from this movie, and I, I'm probably the only person that's interpreted this whole thing this way, is when Chewie is having his little porg barbecue, <laughs> he has about five or six porgs staring at him. Yeah. And it, to me, it looked like they were begging for the, no. the parts. I, I swear. And no. I'm like, I don't know can't? why you no. think that. They have fangs, which means they're meat eaters. I like, don't I understand. No, I you think that no, way. They were crying, dude. That one when he's getting up to it and he, like tears and the little quivering, they were crying because he was going to eat their. He friend. was Ray. <laughs> I've decided to name that poor Ray. Okay. Uh, I I don't know. To me, just the look on his face is like, "Hey, we're hungry too. Can can we have a bite no, of Ray? No. What is wrong with you? No. I don't know. It just I didn't. I thought it was like open to interpretation. Like I was no, like, oh, no. it's, it's funny that they're sad. No, and then, like, no. It looked like almost looked like they were begging, like hoping nope. Chewbacca would like put it, like nope. throw him down. And no, they were begging him to not eat their friend. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Also, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Futurama, but yeah. the porgs reminded me of the owls from Futurama. Oh yeah, no, they, no, they no. just they, they, they in they, the Futurama canon. Owls replace rats yeah. as like the new rodents of the future. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree that because they showed the inside the Falcon, they'd already moved in and had like babies and stuff. Yeah, which made me start going like, is she on that island for eighteen hours? That's a long. That's like because she was like, I've seen your day. You're not busy. I'm like, have you seen his hour or have you seen his day? Well, we've seen they they go through multiple days because Luke says yeah. in the on the dawn I'll train you. So we don't know how and long. See, like, see a that's day a, that's the point is. that I was making though is that everything that was occurring with the resistance. Um, I think I think that is already in like a future point, like near the time that Ray is about to leave Octo. Like she's already been on Octo for a while when the Resistance is being attacked um, at their base and when they're fleeing from their base. She's already been there and has been with Luke for a while now. I just assume they were just. I, I just assume that they were just doing the Empire Strikes Back kind of timeline, which is like 
They were flying away. Luke somehow spent like three weeks, a month and a half on Dagobah, but they actually were only on Cloud City for like an hour kind of thing. That whole like, because the timeline doesn't quite make sense for Empire Strikes Back. I just assumed they were just doing that again. Yeah. And it's, it's like the Cars universe. Just don't overthink it. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing is that they kept definitively saying how much like gas they had. Well, and 18 hours, yeah. 12 hours, Eight, six, six hours. hours, three hours, one hour kind of thing. That's the only thing that kind of bothered me is I wasn't sure like, where the timeline was supposed to be because they, they were trying to make it like immediate like we're running out of fuel but then yeah how long was she there because he did say dawn and then yeah he said oh, you you get three lessons and we started dawn yeah so any other lingering questions from you guys how am i going to be able to cope for the next two years <laughs> it almost was 18 months but uh you know colin trevorrow had to become a giant tool and turn in a terrible script apparently because we were supposed to get it in May 2019, and now it's December 2019. They're going to push back Han Solo, and you know it. They're not. They can't. Not at they, this point. It's yeah, too late in the game. No, they will. They'll push it back. I'd be, I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Because it was right about And that's not a question about the damn movie. <laughs> what, does Han, what does the Han Solo movie have to do with this? There's unanswered questions about the Han Solo movie. Like, how did he meet Chewie? <laughs> By the way, to answer um, to all of our fans out there wondering about Ferdinand, um, he lives at the end. And the bulls are free. And you can't see John Cena? No. Because <laughs> I looked up the Wikipedia while we were talking. So, <laughs> we're at the movie. so the only other really legitimate question I, I actually have about this movie is, uh, obviously Finn is obsessed with Ray. Oh, no. Obviously Rose is obsessed, obsessed with Finn. Oh, no. Ray is kind of oblivious to everything and maybe has some kind of may have some kind of romantic link to Kylo Ren. Oh no. <laughs> Where does this romance go or does you no, think, the, a, rom- you a, think a, the romantic subplot gets dropped completely? It's a pentagram. You also have pentagram. to think of Poe too. Yeah, you know, seriously, that look between the two of them at the end where he's like, "Hey, you're Ray." Starts taking off his jacket and removing his shirt and it's like, "What's up?" <laughs> Those were so. You made it. Eyes. You just made him Schmidt from a new girl or he, the new girl. He is. No, um, yeah, because we have uh, Kylo wants to be with Ray. Ray wants to be with her parents. Finn wants to be with Ray. Rose wants to be with Finn, and Poe wants to be with anything with legs. So <laughs> you it, you raise a good point though. Um, what did you guys think about Ray's parents allegedly being no one of it real importance? See, I think that's bullshit. I I think that's bullshit. I feel like it could go both ways. I think it it's just to point out the fact that it's not all about like who her parents are. Like that's the point is that it it doesn't matter. No, I I'm not sure necessarily think it's that. I I think it's just him just saying whatever he can to try to win her oversight. That's the only part where I just think is bullshit. Because how would he know her parent who her parents are? There's, I mean, he doesn't seem to have that kind of intelligence gathering. I mean, if Snoke had been like, yeah, your parents are your parents were nothing. Well, he said he had seen it in her mind when they were linked. But the only thing she had in her mind in her mind is that one thing of the guy grabbing her hand and the well, he, ship. He also off. says like, you've always known. She just she just wants that that someone of importance is her parents. Yeah, but I mean that could just, in my opinion, that could be just the whole like you hope your parents are somebody good, not just scumbags kind of thing. I I just I think that's bull, I just think that's a bullshit line that he was just lying. That's just my opinion on that. I because I think she doesn't know who her parents are, and the and what he would say in that moment to get her to his side is. You know your parents were nothing. Together we can be something. Together we, you know, you came from nothing to rule the galaxy with me. 
that's something. Not a bad point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it may, if there are nobody's, okay, cool. I just think he was just, he was just saying whatever he could to get her to his side. All right. Anything else to add? Oh, yeah. Phasma sucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about Phasma. One, is she, first question, is she dead? Derek, I really what kind of armor her. is she wearing? Uh, well, I She's mean, wearing shiny chrome armor. <laughs> She's wearing the same armor that was plated on like uh, Queen Amidala's like, ship from Naboo. It's really? like a chromium type. Hmm. Yeah, it's a chromium. That must That's be what heavy. It's called. That's kind of it's cool. Ex- mm. It's extremely expensive, and she's had to collect bits and scraps to have it like plated on her armor. That's neat. Um, so that's why like you could pretty much shoot her with blaster fire, and it's just gonna bounce right off of her. It doesn't mm. matter. Okay, makes sense. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I I don't know. I think I think she's just dead. At least that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping she's dead. I mean, she had it. And she fell through a fiery like pit of some sorts that was on the half of the ship that, that got torn apart yeah. and she had a hole gouged into her face mask so i mean maybe she affix asphyxiated out in space who knows i'm hoping she's dead she did go out better than boba fett not really <laughs> at least she actually put up a fight where boba fett's just like i'm gonna rock it around like a dickhead for a little while and then han solo's gonna hit my rocket pack and make it malfunction i fall into the sarlacc pit L- listen you have a bias against boba fett let's just agree with one it's thing. not a bias no no you have a bias hatred of boba fett let's agree with tell one me thing. what i just said was wrong but well first off he lands on the thing and he challenges luke directly and fights with him he does not just rock it around doing that so you have that point wrong now let's just agree no. That she is, her storyline is just as pointless as Boba Fett's. Okay, yes. <laughs> and that she went out as, not necessarily as much as a chump, but kind of a chump way. Yes, yes. I, I will give you that. She did kind of, they, Ryan Johnson was clearly just like, yeah, this character means nothing, so I'm just going to kill her off. By the way, BB-8 driving an ATST is badass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of BB-8, um, when they you know first when they first arrive on the on the dreadnought and or the supremacy, and they have the the BB-9E Imperial ball droid. Oh, the evil uh, BB-8. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he first showed up. I honestly, all I could think of was Wally when Wally first showed up and Mo, the little like cleaning droid. Oh, yeah, I just yeah. really wanted him to go Mo. <laughs> Did you notice when BB when he had the little can put on top of him, he started making the the mouse droid yeah. sounds? That was adorable. I was like, yeah, you're a mouse droid. <laughs> Very big mouse droid. <laughs> I thought that was adorable. I think he was he was a needed comic relief to some extent. Yeah, I, I really that's the kind of thing that I said uh, that are like R two seems to be sidelined completely is that they seem to resideline the kind of cuteness and like multi tool of R two D two with with BB eight. Yeah, but they kept the well we can keep the protocol troller droid around doing its own thing. He was there was at one point I was almost starting to be like little too annoyed with the cuteness of BB-8 and then he started driving an ATST and I was just like I'm on board I want you I, I want you driving this thing and just shooting as many storms as possible I, I like that part but still also my other favorite part was when he was just shooting uh, the other officers with the coins with the coins that were stuffed in him <laughs> Um, and then, and then he did his own little like blowing off of the of that, the, yeah, that was awesome slot. that's so awesome <laughs> um, there's two other things I did want to discuss really quick uh, one, the plot hole of Luke not showing up uh, or feeling Han's death during The Force Awakens 
is pretty much acknowledged when Ray mentions like, oh, you've cut yourself off from the Force. Yeah. Which I thought was nice. Cause Which is how he also didn't know that Chewbacca and R2 were on Octo the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Ryan Johnson played this beautifully, and it took me a couple days to realize it. Uh, the, the theme or the recurring phrasing of from a certain point of view is very heavily referenced but not directly referenced in this movie. You have Luke telling his side of the story of what happened with Ben. And you have Ben's point of view of what happened, where he just saw Luke lording over him with his lightsaber, getting ready to kill him. Oh, okay. Whereas Luke is like, "I saw darkness, yeah. and yeah. the minute I I saw, and the minute I felt that darkness in me, I regretted it." Yeah. Yep. And, oh, okay. And then you have the same thing happening too when Ray sees what she likes to be like Kylo's future, and then vice versa. Turn. Kylo sees uh, like supposedly Ray's past and her parents. Um, like seeing that, like they were no one. They sold you for money because they were just for dirty scrappers. Yeah. yeah, died in a pauper. Yes, buried in a pauper. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't forget. He also said that he sees her future and that her future is darkness. He said that towards the end to her at one point. He said that I also see your future and your future is darkness. I can't. I, I mean, the emperor saw the same thing in Luke. So. Well, yeah, but well, I'm just saying that she sees one thing, he sees another. Yeah. So and, um, again, it's open to discernment. Yeah. So, but then again, Luke also did say, he's like, there's all this stuff on the planet. You immediately went for the darkest part of it and dove right in without, without mm-hmm. hesitation. And I, I like that part, too, where she she does the uh, Octu version of the, the Dagobah cave, where mm-hmm. uh, the, the the darkness offers her something, which is what her what her, she wants to know who her parents are. And her parents are her. Yeah. yeah. Which is what Luke saw in Vader, Vader himself. So, yeah. I don't know, that part kind of was a little too... Empire Strikes Becky for me a little bit, but I was fine with it. Mostly because the whole way they did the whole mirror thing was really, really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. So, unless there's anything else to add, I think it's a good place to wrap up. Yep. So, Derek, Alex, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on The Last Jedi. Again, I think, if I remember correctly, we all said this is a must-see. Yes. Yes. On a big TV. On a big TV or a big big theater screen. screen. Don't watch it on your smartphone. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thanks again for listening to us rant about Star Wars for uh, uh, about an hour and a half, if not a little bit longer. Uh, we'll see if I actually decide to edit this. If uh, if I don't edit this, I apologize for all of my coughing, and I apologize for all of the uhs, likes, and ums that I usually edit out and all of the mouth noises that I usually edit out. So, um, yeah, there's one there. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to listen to the theme music this week in honor of Eminem releasing Revival on Friday. We have the Dr. Dre remix of our theme tune. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube. You can find us Talking Smack, SMAC, Superheroes, Movies, Animation, and Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Smack Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh underscore Scar. Uh, Derek has a protected account, so don't bother finding him. Alex doesn't do tweeters. And you can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Share your thoughts on The the Last Jedi, what you think is going to happen. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Are you one of those fanboys that oversubscribe to the uh, fan theories? And you can uh, enjoy the theme music, so roll it. <laughs>